Good morning. Coming to you from uh, the tropical rainforest of uh, Brazil today. Um, it seems that way because it's been raining so much in Georgia over the past, uh, seems like three years. So um, <clears throat> today uh, we're going to be in John uh, chapter 3. If you were with us yesterday and um, you were consistent with watching, good morning to you. And if you somehow accidentally stumbled upon this website because you were looking for um, coffee raining from the sky, latter rain. Anybody, anybody get that joke? Latte rain? Get it? No? Okay. Um, if you were somehow stumbled upon, we're happy to have you, and um, we're good, to, happy to see you this morning. Uh, we're gonna continue where Betty left off. She finished up John chapter two. Thank you, Betty, for doing that. We've been in John chapter two for a while, uh, so we're gonna pick up in John chapter three. And I can guarantee you that if you've never read this chapter, you do know a Bible verse from this chapter. Um, anybody know what that would be? Yeah, it would be John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, for whosoever believed in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is um, one of the most popular Bible verses uh, in the world, probably the most popular for all I know. Um, But we're not going to get there today. I just want to stick with uh, John chapter 3, verses 1 through 10, and we're going to talk about our good buddy uh, Nicodemus. So um, let's let's just have a quick little prayer, and then we'll we'll get started. Lord, I thank you um, for this Bible study. I thank you for your word. Uh, I pray, Lord Jesus, that whatever comes out of my mouth would be from your mouth and um, that the ears of those listening would be tuned into your voice and uh, not to mine. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. So let's just read it all the way through and then we'll start talking about it. So there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, We know that you are a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the the second time into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of both water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. That which is born of flesh is born of flesh, and that which is born of spirit is born of spirit. Marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wants, and you hear the sound thereof, but cannot tell from where it comes and whither it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Are you a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Okay. So we have a, a, a dialect, a com- conversation uh, between um, Jesus and a man named Nicodemus. Okay, so who is Nicodemus? Well, it tells us here in verse 1 that Nicodemus is a Pharisee, okay, and he's also a ruler of the Jews. So, in able to, to try to put this into today's terms, um, what Nicodemus really was was, was called a Sanhedrin. Uh, a Sanhedrin um, back in that time would be akin or similar to uh, like a member of Congress or a member of the Supreme Court. Uh, they were kind of a, a Congress slash judicial group. Uh, they made decisions about Israel. They passed new decrees and new laws for the people of Israel. Um, and they handled civil matters. They weren't necessarily handling criminal matters uh, because they were still under Rome's authority but they were handing civil matters and religious matters. So that was his job. He was part of this 
20 or so man crew that uh, pretty much was, was the, the head honchos of the Jews. They were the leaders of the Jews at this time. Okay, But then we have another bit of information here that Nicodemus was uh, a Pharisee. Okay, um, I've told you before, I used to think that the Pharisees and the Sanhedrins meant the same thing. Uh, I now know that that's not true. Uh, a Pharisee was actually more uh, alike to a political party uh, in within this religious uh, authority leadership within the uh, head honchos of the of the uh, religious authority in Israel. Pharisees were more like a political party at the time, and so uh, Nicodemus was part of this political party, very similar to like Republicans and Democrats that we have today. Okay, so that's who he was. So. Nicodemus comes to Jesus, okay? And Nicodemus comes by night because Nicodemus is scared that if the people who are a part of his crew, a part of his Sanhedrin crew, see him coming to Jesus, he's going to get politically blackballed <laughs> out of his group and he's not going to um, be able to lead Israel anymore. So he comes to Jesus. Nick at night. Nick at night. That's right. Nick at night. They used to be an old TV show. So. Um, or an old TV channel. So Nicodemus comes to Jesus and he's got some questions for Jesus because he's been seeing what Jesus is doing um, in all of Jerusalem and all of, of the, the, the places that Jesus has been in Capernaum and, and in all of uh, Israel. He's been seeing what Jesus is doing. Um, and he's like, this guy has got it going on. Right? This guy is doing things that we haven't seen done for 400 years in the land of Israel. Miracles. Things that come from God. And I've got to get to Jesus. He doesn't allow his stature to stop him, his political stature to stop him from coming to Jesus. Okay? So let's, let's kind of look at, look at Nicodemus real quick. And let's see how Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. So Jesus says, And verily, verily, it said, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So Jesus, as soon as Nicodemus starts talking in verse 2. Jesus immediately goes directly to what Nicodemus is, is on Nicodemus' mind. Okay, You don't see a question here from Nicodemus. He just makes a statement about Jesus. He says, I know that you come from God, except God be, you know, you, nobody can do what you do except God be with him. But Jesus initially doesn't even start with any kind of like, uh, a conversation, like a normal conversation, like, oh, thank you, you know, that's so nice. No, he instantly, he instantly drives to the point that Nicodemus is getting at. Okay? Nicodemus wants to know from Jesus really one thing. How do I get what you got? <laughs> how, how do I get to the place that you're at, Jesus? Because I'm seeing what you're doing. Well, you see, when you go back to uh, uh, John 1, Thirty-five. This is exactly what happened to the disciples. Yeah. They were followers of John the Baptist, and then they look at Jesus, and they follow him. Right. Amen. Yeah. They just see him, and as soon as you see yeah. Jesus, it's you're like, that guy's got something I don't. Oh yeah. Right. And so Nicodemus has made this connection as well, in his mind. So he's coming by night because he's like, well, I don't want anybody to see me, you know, bowing before Jesus because this guy's. Right, this guy's kind of kind of crazy. He's a little he's a little yeah. different, you know. He's doing things. He, he he's doing he's doing miracles and stuff, and and God's with him, and he's doing things that people haven't seen, and he's healing on the Sabbath, which is really bad for my party. So I've got to come and see this guy at night, but I've got to get to Jesus. I've got to get to Jesus. Okay. So Jesus starts talking, right? 
He starts telling him what he wants to hear. He starts telling him the truth. He says to him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Right? So, Nicodemus, what does he say? He says, Yes, I totally understand what you're saying, Lord, and that makes perfect sense. No. That's not what Nicodemus said. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Valid question. Right? I was born one time. How in the world? I was much smaller then. How am I going to come out again the same way I went in, being the size that I am now, and being able to breathe and oxygen? There's so many different variables, Jesus. That is no way. You're crazy. Right? He says, how can a man be born again? Can he second time enter his mother's womb and be born? So he's like, huh? (laughs) He's like, what are you talking about, Jesus? And so we see here with Nicodemus that there's something lacking in Nicodemus. He has a very low or, or he doesn't have an understanding of spiritual things. Okay? And so all of Nicodemus's accolades, okay, all of his knowledge of the word, this is what the Pharisees were about, by the way, was understanding the law, understanding the Old Testament, understanding Moses, understanding all the Pentateuch and all of the things that made up the, uh, the Jewish uh, religion, so to speak, all the things that made up the, the word of, their word of God to them. This was their job, was to study it. Okay, it was their job to study it and know it. Okay, and in all of Nicodemus's understanding, in all of Nicodemus's uh, rise to power, by the way, he was a Sanhedrin, like we just said, so he was the cream of the crop of these guys. Okay, in all of that, Nicodemus does not understand what Jesus is saying. Look, Jesus isn't saying something crazy. We know what born again means, right? As Christians, we say that all the time. I'm a born-again Christian, right? But Nicodemus, with all of his knowledge, has no spiritual understanding. Okay? So, so turn with me to uh, Philippians chapter 3. Paul said something similar, okay, in Philippians chapter 3. Um, anybody want to read that? It's uh, 5 through 8, if anybody wants to read it. Philippians 3, 5 through 8. Yeah, go ahead and read that for me. <clears throat> Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. And what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. Right. So what Paul just said, basically, is, I'm like the number one Jew. Okay, I am the Jew of Jews. He said, I'm the Hebrew of Hebrew. I am the Jew of Jews. I have been super Jewish. (laughs) I have understood all of the law. I have been in this Pharisaical school. I've done everything that this, this culture and this religion requires of me to become... A, a holy man before God to, to understand God. I've done everything that I can as a Jew to reach that point. Remember that Jews are God's chosen people. So it wasn't like they were just some crazy group. I mean, these people were God's people. Okay? And Paul is saying, I have been the most Jewish <laughs> of anybody ever. Right? And he just... And this, understand something. Paul just said this to his Jewish... He took his Jewish stuff, all of his Jewish learning... And he threw it behind his back. He took it and he threw it into the mud. Because he said it doesn't matter. 
it doesn't account it as, as, as poo. <laughs> Basically, is what Paul just said. So we've got to understand about Nicodemus, is Nicodemus is in a similar place that Paul was, right? And we can all be in a similar place to Paul, right? Because there are so many of us who have been raised in the church, right? You know, there's so many past, been to seminary school, you know, that we've, we've, been, we've been baptized when we were 12. You know, we told the preacher our favorite Bible verse was uh, either, either John 3.16 or Philippians 4.13. You know, we have, a, we have a, a, a fish bumper sticker on the back of our car. Um, we listen to 104.7. You know what I mean? We, we tweet out spiritual things. We put on Facebook, you know, God is good all the time. I mean, we, we can do all of those things, right? Like, we can do everything that the religion and the culture says we need to do to get close to God. But when Jesus said to us, you've got to be born again, and you can't enter the kingdom of God, what happens when that's all we have inside of us is the things that we've built with our hands? We go, huh? What are you talking about, Jesus? Huh? i got to go back into my mom's womb. We start thinking in the physical, because all we've built is physical. All that we've built is what this world has to offer in terms of trying to understand God. The best attempts of man to try to get to God in the world are going to fall way short. Way, way, way short. Okay, so let's keep reading. So, then Jesus answered him again, because Nicodemus is confused. He's like, huh? Jesus, huh? So, Jesus said, Very verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So, Jesus makes it very, very, very clear what he's trying to tell Nicodemus. Okay? He said, I don't want you to be confused. Right? He says, unless you be born of this natural birth that you're talking about, water, I don't consider it to be uh, water baptism personally. Some people would say that's what that means. I disagree. I think what Jesus is saying is, unless you are born as a human being out of the womb, and then you have to be born of spirit. Okay? He says, Nicodemus, what I'm talking about here has nothing to do with your body coming out of the womb again. Okay? What I'm talking about, Nicodemus, is being born in your spirit. I'm talking about your spirit coming to life. I'm talking about a spiritual awakening in you that changes you from the fundamental core of who you are. Right? You see, because we know from Genesis chapter 2, verse 17, that when Adam and Eve bit the apple or the pear or whatever it was, right? When they took a bite of that fruit, they died in some way. Right? God didn't say you are going to die. He said, if you eat of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, you will die right now. Not that you're going to die later, you will die. Period. You'll be dead. Okay? That's what God said. So we know that God doesn't lie. He doesn't make up things and He doesn't speak in ways that are uh, false or lead you incorrectly. He speaks the truth. So, when Adam and Eve bit the apple, they had to have died in some way. Right? Uh, We understand this, as Christians and believers, to be a spiritual death. Okay? We understand that Adam and Eve when they bit the apple, their spirit died. Because God had to leave that spirit. God cannot stand sin, and so He had to get out. Right? God had to say, goodbye with you, I'm gone. Okay? And so Nicodemus, in this current state, pre-the cross, pre-Jesus, has a dead spirit. Right? And what Jesus is telling him is like, that spirit has got to come to life. Right? Turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 8. talks about this just a little bit. Um, talks about Jesus. Uh, bringing our spirits to life. And that's what Jesus is trying to get Nicodemus to get to that point to understand that this thing that, he, that Jesus is talking about 
can't be grabbed with the physical. It's got to be grabbed in the spiritual. So, chapter 8, verse 10. <clears throat> okay, this is kind of the answer, I suppose. It says, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, right? Because sin causes death. And it says, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. Okay, it says, where the spirit of him, which is God, who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your bodies by his spirit who dwells in you. Okay, so that's one verse that can kind of point us in that direction. Turn with me to Ephesians uh, chapter 2. It talks about this as well. Chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 5. You said Ephesians? Yeah, I did. Ephesians 2, 1 through 5. Yeah, anybody want to read that? Yeah, go ahead. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God... 2, 2, John. 2, 1 through 5. Sorry. It's on me. And you have been quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in past times you walked according to the course of this world... According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ by grace, you have been saved. Amen. Thank you, John. So, the last part of that verse in, in, in chapter, in verse five of that little uh, group of verses there, God tells us that at one point we were dead, right? Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. My heart's been beating. You know, <laughs> has your heart been beating your whole life? Yeah. Raise your hand. I hope so, because if not, we need to take you to a doctor. You are a miracle of medical science. Okay, Rick, Rick says that's him. He says he's got a miracle going on. Um, but what that Bible verse is told us, we were dead in our spirits, right? Because right. we weren't dead physically, so we had to be dead spiritually, dead right? Yeah. But when Jesus died on the cross, he made a way for God to come back in, right? Because he paid for that sin debt and made our spirits clean. He cleaned us up. He washed us out yeah. with his blood. And so now, that spirit could come and live in you and give you life and make you alive in your spirit. It can birth your spirit. Your spirit can be Born. And that's what born again means. It means to be refreshed. It means for new life to come out of you. That isn't this bag of bones that we live in. It's the spirit that we are. Because the the, uh, book of Genesis tells us that man is a living spirit or was a living spirit when he was created. Not a living... And he became a living spirit. Right. God breathed and he became a living spirit. Not a living body, a living spirit. Spirit, you are a spirit, right. right? If you haven't met Jesus yet, you're a dead spirit. But when you get to meet Jesus and you accept Him into your life, that spirit comes to life and you are born again. Okay. Amen. So let's look at our, our guy Nick real quick. Our guy Nicodemus. Okay. So we're at, we're at verse six here, and Jesus just said you got to be born of spirit. So He says that which is born of flesh is flesh, and which is born of spirit is spirit. Okay, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the sa- not the sound thereof, but cannot tell from where it comes or whether it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. So uh, we kind of have like a little funny thing here between verse six and seven. 
Um, Nicodemus doesn't say anything, but Jesus tells him not to marvel. So uh, I can just imagine Nicodemus' mouth going like this. You know, when Jesus said this. Because there had to be some sort of change in his face for Jesus to be like, don't, don't marvel at this. Don't, don't try, to, try to figure it out. Don't try to get this in your brain. Um, and Jesus says here in, cha- in verse 8, The wind blows where it listeth, and you hear the s- sound thereof, but could not tell where it comes and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of spirit. So what Jesus is saying is, you cannot comprehend the wind. Okay, You cannot comprehend why the wind does what it does. And still today, I don't think we know exactly why wind is wind, right? It just comes and goes, right? And so what Jesus is saying is, get out of your head, Nicodemus. Get out of your mind trying to piece this together, this born of spirit thing, and just believe it, right? Because you believe the wind, you can't see the wind, but you know that it's there. And that's the same thing that Jesus is talking about with this birth of the spirit, right? We as Christians have to get out of our head trying to intellectualize it and put it together and figure out how it happens. Well, when the Spirit comes in, uh, he, he, he starts with the defibrillator and he starts hitting my spirit. He tries to bring it to life. Like, we, we don't need to understand how it happens or the exact way that it happens. We just need to experience that it does happen just like we experience wind. Right. So when, when uh, man is made of spirit, soul, and body. And body, yes. So now I ask Betty, when does the spirit of man come alive? All of us have a spirit, have a soul, and have a body, right? When you have no, when you don't have Jesus, what he's saying is the spirit is dead. Yeah. Okay. Now, why does the spirit then has to be revived? Hmm. Well, God is spirit. Why does the be with spirit man have to God. be revived? Why do you have to be born again spiritually? Because you're dead. <laughs> yeah. Here. Yeah. Go ahead, Betty. You um, as Matt said, when God created Adam, He'd already created the animals, which had bodies and they had souls, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they were not spiritual beings. Right. So in order to have fellowship with God who is spirit, we have to have a spiritual component. We have to have a part of God in us because it's deep calls to deep, spirit to spirit. Animals don't have that. But God gave that to man. A.T. call home, yes. The extraterrestrial. Oh, A.T. A.T. call home. Remember that? It's the way we can have fellowship with God, who is spirit, because not through our brains, not through how we feel, not right. how we think, but through spirit. Right. <clears throat> and it's interesting, I was going to say, Matt, his choice of the wind, you know, being a mysterious thing, that also wasn't a coincidence because the word in Hebrew for wind is ruach, oh. which is spirit. Oh, that's awesome. Ruach is spirit. I know that. And it's it's a mystery. How does the spirit, which is part of God, yeah, it works both come ways. Into us? Now, when you when you are when you are delivered uh, from evil and from s- spiritual presence, yeah. You see, you can receive the Holy Spirit with your spirit, mm-hmm. but you also can receive a demon. Yes, I, I agree. Or a spiritual presence that causes you. To be to be trapped. Yeah. I, so I, in Brazil, I, the ruah of the Holy Spirit came upon this man. 
Yeah. And he began to cry. Yeah. So I took him to a, a place apart, and I began to ask him to breathe out. Yeah. And as we began to breathe out, the spirit left, and he was able to eat. He wasn't eating. He couldn't. He yeah. couldn't. He couldn't eat anything. He couldn't eat, drink milk. He couldn't drink this. He couldn't drink that. And meat. He couldn't eat rice. Yeah, that's good. That's good story. But the other end of the trip, he ate everything. So, so what you're saying is, when Nicodemus came to Jesus, he was a normal man seeking the presence of right, God, right? Understanding the Jewish concept of of God, right. he was brought by the Holy Spirit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 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 to Jesus. He he was uh, at night because he was an important figure, but something drove him, brought him up. We call that prevening grace. Right. That's yeah. That's a Charles Wesley. Meaning that br- bring you back to Jesus. Yeah. And so now, yeah, you're you're dead spiritually, but you are listening to the voice of God. Yeah. You are you are wanting the voice of God. Yeah, of you you have a tendency to hear God. And, but yet you don't have an intimacy. In other words, you have Jesus in your head, but you don't have it in your heart. Exactly. exactly. That's how we translate it. And Nicodemus had Jesus in the head. Not in the heart. Because he fitted all the prophecies, but he didn't have it in his heart. Right. Exactly. So, so when you say that Nicodemus was dead, uh, a lot of things in him were alive. Well, I believe that he was coming to life. Yes. Like he was on the, the road there. Yes. Uh, but his mind was in the way. Is what I was right. Really in other words, we, 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 we teach this way, that you might be wanting God, but you have not received it. Like, a, you know, like the man in, in Brazil this trip, you know. Yeah. He had he, he, been a Christian a long time, but never experienced the presence of God. He'd been close to it, but never had a, a, an ex, intimate experience with God. So... Uh, Nicodemus, he was a very righteous man. Yeah. I'm talking about no, uh, one good. of the most important... Matter of fact, John, I mean, Peter had a meeting, had a connection with with uh, with uh, Nicodemus in the Sanhedrin. I don't know if you know that uh, the last night that Jesus was in the in the house of Caiaphas, he went inside in... in, 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 in and related to Caiaphas, the situation that was about to happen. So, in other words, John was a... Uh, 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 he knew who, who, who Jesus was. Same thing as Nicodemus. In other words, John, the Apostle John, the one that wrote the Revelations, the book of John, yeah. had intimate relation with the Nicodemus. Jesus. Yeah, well, yeah. Nicodemus came to Jesus because of John. Right, it had to be some sort of relationship. So, so what I'm saying is, prevailing grace is this pulling. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, teach him. <laughs> okay. Um, that's a good point. Though, yeah, that's a good point. Um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, so what I was saying was, it's like the, the spirit, the born again experience of of the spirit is not something you can intellectualize. Yeah. Is what Jesus is trying to tell Nicodemus. Like you don't need to try and figure this out. Yeah. You need to experience it. You need to let it happen to you, Nicodemus. Because Nicodemus is looking and Jesus is giving him answers. And I'm, and I'm not trying to say that Nicodemus is a bad guy at all. I'm trying to say that Nicodemus is just like we all are when we first come to Jesus. He's in a place in his mind where it's hard for him to understand the spiritual things, right? Yeah, so, so I guess in short is what I'm trying to say is that the Spirit 
of God is something that you need in your life. You need to get out of your mind trying to absorb it into your mind and let it come into your spirit. Why is it, why is it then that we, we struggle with it? Because you know, in, in, in the American church, to have an experience with God is one, one in a lifetime. Right. There's no opportunity for anybody to come to the altar. You know, I mean, sell, many people don't have invitations anymore. And, you know, the liberal church would just uh, uh, cheap grace, you know, whatever it is, fine, right, you know. Right, right, So, uh, why is it that it's so difficult to have intimacy with God in America? I'm asking, why? Well, and so I was going to say, and this, your question leads me right to it, that I'm so grateful that John put this account in his gospel because um, this is what the struggle of many people is the idea that they have to be able to understand yeah, intellectually yeah, yeah, in their own minds, in their earthly minds, yeah. how salvation works before they they can do it. Yeah. But Jesus says straight out, that's there. There is no way you can achieve it that way. Right. You uh, can. Yeah, it, yeah. The the mind of a of a person cannot comprehend salvation. Being born again of the Spirit, previous to being saved, yeah. you have to be saved, it's after, it's after, and then you yeah. start to, then you have to unlearn everything that you had already filled up your mind, and then you begin to understand right. and be able to comprehend what salvation and, and this renewal is all about. And so that's the roadblock that because we're just so smart here in the West, you know, we know everything that you know the the. Whatever the enlightenment and you know empiricalism and all that, you know we have to prove everything scientifically before we're going to believe anything, is really crippled the church from being born of the spirit. Right. And so you have an intellectual church that, you know, that doesn't yeah, yeah. it doesn't experience anything. So no, you know, faith is not sight; it's 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 believing without seeing. Um, and so that's where Jesus is really hitting him at. It's like faith is not about you understanding what I'm telling you; it's you about you believing in yeah. me. Amen. That's and right. believing in what in who I am. I really appreciate your statement in comparing comparing uh, uh, the Jewish mind by looking at Paul. That was very good. And also, I like the idea of of making this exchange a very fruitful exchange. You know, uh, because you see, you're talking about the Son of God talking to an intellectual. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It's yeah. very real for us today. So um, we'll just leave you with that and, and, and be born of the Spirit. You know, if, if you're in your mind as, as a person, you're trying to figure this thing out and you really don't understand, it's because you're not meant to. You're meant to believe. Amen. You're meant to trust God because yeah. His ways are higher than our ways and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. And Jesus is so much smarter, unfortunately, I mean, for some of us than we are. You know, He knows more. It's His creation. Yeah. And so believe and have faith today. Uh, we bless you in Jesus' name, and we'll see you tomorrow.